0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living, Happy December, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor in chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their special holiday edition. Chicken Soup for the Soul is beginning to feel a lot like Christmas 101 stories about holiday love and wonder. Good morning, Amy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning?
2: I am doing great, and it's nice to talk to you, and I'm so excited about Christmas.
1: Awesome, awesome. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me, sharing the 2019 holiday spirit with everyone. Chicken Soup for the Soul is beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. It's a delightful, inspiring, and most importantly, entertaining read. So congratulations on its release to kick off the holiday season.
2: Thank you. It's the number one um, bestseller on the BookScan self-help list, which is where they put all of our books, even though this is not technically a self-help book. <laughs> we're, that's our category, and we're number one.
1: Awesome, awesome. That's really wonderful. So before we get going, how is Chicken Soup celebrating the holiday season?
2: We are doing so many new things. We, our, our company has really been transformed in the past year. In the publishing business, we've mm-hmm. transformed the look of our books. I mean, they just get better and better looking. Um, In our entertainment business, we actually now are the largest provider of free streaming of TV and film. So we Mm -hmm. um, are in a joint venture with Sony, and we now have something Mm -hmm. called Crackle that joins our other apps, such as Popcorn Flix, so people can go to Crackle or Popcorn Flix or our other apps And they can watch movies and television shows for free. So that's what's called free streaming versus paid Mm -hmm.
1: streaming, which would be Mm -hmm. something
2: like Netflix or Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. So we're very busy. Everything is cooking (laughs) along here. The, The soup is bubbling away.
1: Wonderful. That sounds terrific. But the most important question for the season is, are you on Santa's naughty or nice list?
2: I am definitely on the nice list um, uh, and my proof, <laughs> my proof is that on November 26th I got a grandson
1: oh congratulations yeah. that's awesome yeah and it was that's one terrific.
2: year to the day after I came home from my cancer surgery so November 26th mm-hmm. 2018 I came home from Sloan Kettering mm-hmm. after my cancer surgery which was a pretty awful time and November 26th 2019 I got a little baby grandson so uh, big difference from one year to the next
1: that's awesome that's terrific I'm so happy for you so please tell us about the beautiful design for the book cover
2: so this is I. you know I love art that tells a story like even when I go to a museum mm-hmm. like the Louvre or the Metropolitan Museum of Art or, I always like the paintings that really tell a story where there's a lot going on in them And you Mm -hmm. can look at them and be like, oh, that person is thinking this. And maybe it's just because I'm creative and I'm always thinking up plots. But (laughs) this is a gorgeous picture of this picturesque town with snow-covered roofs and snow on the ground and, you know, Mm horse-drawn sleighs. And it's like a Victorian time, and there's light, and it's just gorgeous. And so I really think that this... um, Chicken Soup for the Soul, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas book, could be one of your holiday decorations. You could just put it right on your mantelpiece, and it would blend in with all your other holiday decor.
1: I agree with you because it's such a beautiful cover that it's, it's ready to go. You don't have to really put uh on it at all.
2: That's right. It's really pretty, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's flying off store shelves. And I was at a Walmart
0: um, mm-hmm.
2: on Black Friday. I went into a Walmart, very brave of me, um, but it, it wasn't really <laughs> overly crowded. It was fine, and and I saw the book. I I saw five of our books on the bookshelves there, which made me very happy. And this mm-hmm. one just was like beaming out at me because it's it's really pretty and it's got this gorgeous blue color. So it looks Christmassy, but also has so much blue on it that it, it is a little bit different from most of the red and green stuff that you see at this time of year.
1: I see. That's wonderful. You didn't stand by the book and pull out your uh, Sharpie, did you, and try to autograph some copies? <laughs> you know,
2: I, I guess I could have gone and asked the store manager for permission to do that. That would have been uh-huh. fun. But <laughs> it was Black Friday. I'm sure he was so busy. Um, there was a huge palette of Hershey's Kisses oh. that was blocking most of the book section. Like I had to uh-huh. slide in sideways and I'm sure that pallet <laughs> was gonna be, you know, moved out by a forklift. They were probably doing like specials all day and there was gonna be right. you know, the Hershey Kisses special at two PM or something. So I figured the <laughs> yeah, guy was pretty busy, so I just looked, took some pictures and left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to have the book to be sent a safe?
2: Oh, so when we say that our books are Santa safe, that's our little message to adults that if you have a precocious reader in the house, that our stories are edited to not destroy the mm-hmm. Christmas magic. And if you're listening right now and you have a little kid, don't worry, you don't have to stop listening. This isn't <laughs> going to be a, this is a safe conversation. But we keep the mag, we keep the Santa magic alive. Um, in the way that we edit the stories. So if you have you know, an eight-year-old who can read anything, uh, the eight-year-old is perfectly safe reading our Christmas books, and um, the magic will remain in place.
1: Fantastic. That's wonderful news to know. Please tell us about Chicken Soup's Extremely Generous Royalties programs benefiting several nonprofit organizations throughout the year, including this one.
2: Yeah, this is the third year that we've used our Christmas book to raise money for Toys for Tots, which, of course, is that really wonderful organization run by um, the Marines that makes sure that children all over the country do get toys for Christmas if their parents aren't able to provide them. And so, you know, they're the ones that collect those new unwrapped toys during October, November, and December every year in those bins that you see all over your community. And it's so heartwarming when you see, um, like, how they deliver them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, these Marines in uniform are carrying these toys to these precious children. And they even accept gifts for teens as well because you don't want to leave out the teens. So you could give them, you know, it, it depends on the community. But in many communities, they want gifts for teens as well. So you could give nail polish kits or I don't know, whatever would be appropriate for teen boys, but um, <laughs> they're you know, they they're taking care of children of all ages. So we have um, really adopted them as one of our favorite nonprofits to give to. And so this is our third year uh, when our Christmas book is going to benefit Toys for Tots. And then we also have a regular program of making donations to American Humane, which is the oldest animal welfare organization in the United States. It's a top-notch nonprofit. They do amazing work for pets, primarily dogs and cats, but they also look after farm animals and all animals. But if you see, like, wildfires in California, um, American Humane will be there um, clearing the shelters, um, getting Abandoned pets or pets that ran away, and securing them until their owners can come and get them. If you see that, if you see hurricanes, um, flooding, whatever the disasters are, American Humane mm-hmm. is there. And then just in general, they support shelters and are big proponents of adoption and educate the public as to why they should go to shelters when they're trying to get a new pet for their family. So we support American Humane with our dog and cat books, and then we pick other charities you know, over the course of Mm -hmm. the year to support, like, two years ago, we supported um, Dress for Success with Mm -hmm. our um, book, Chick Soup for the the Empowered Woman. And then this coming Mother's Day, we're going to let the contributors of the stories for our Mother's Day book, we're going to let them vote on from a list of charities and let them pick four charities that they want to support. So, Um, We're. it's really fun. It's really fun putting out a book and then knowing that it's going to raise money for a worthy nonprofit. It makes what we do even more meaningful.
1: That's just beautiful. So beautiful. There are so many diverse stories in the book. Can you share with us the various chapters covered in this book?
2: Yeah, this the stories are just amazing. So in the first chapter, we have a bunch of stories about gratitude, and that chapter is called, It's Time to Count Our Blessings. And then chapter two is about Christmas angels, and by that I mean, you know, that stranger who comes along and does something kind, or your neighbor who helps you out. And chapter three is about feeling that Christmas spirit, because sometimes you need that little jump start to your Christmas spirit, especially if you've you know, been through something challenging in your life right before Christmas. And then Chapter 4 is called Family Fun, and it's a bunch of funny stories. And Chapter (laughs) 5 is called Best Gift Ever, and it's just those, you know, heartwarming gifts, like maybe something your kids made for you or, you know, the Mm non-traditional gifts that were really the best thing. Chapter 6 is called Getting Creative, and there's a bunch of stories in that chapter where you'll just get great ideas for things that you could do with your family. And it could be a creative gift or it could be a new tradition that you could start. And then Chapter 7 is called Through the Eyes of a Child, because I, I, it's like, that's like half of Christmas, right, is seeing it through the eyes of children. <laughs> you enjoy it even more. And then Chapter 8 is about the other thing that's so great about Christmas, which is the joy of giving, because I think we're all more excited about giving than we are about receiving, Mm -hmm. chapter nine is called perfectly imperfect and that's the chapter where we try to get you to understand that it doesn't have to be perfect and please stop stressing about it because everybody will have more fun if you're not stressed and if everybody's just enjoying themselves so you know use the paper plates if that will make a difference (laughs) buy the pre-made food if that will make a difference and then chapter 10 is called homemade holidays And that's another chapter with some really great ideas that people might want to try out. And then Chapter 11 is called It Takes a Village. And it's about people getting together to help each other make Christmas as merry as possible. So I don't know. Just telling you all the chapters, I'm like, gosh, I want to sit down and reread my own book because it's just so much fun. And as you said at the beginning, if If nothing, it's entertaining. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a truly entertaining book. And what I love about our books is that it's 101 stories, and so you can sit there and really just, you know, if you have to sit in the carpool line at school for 10 minutes, read one story while you're sitting in the line. You know, if you're waiting someplace for something, read one story. You know, if you have... Ten minutes free at home between chores. Read one story. You can just go through and have 101 little bits of peace and mm-hmm. relaxation. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, just read the stories one at a time, and it will really get you through the Christmas season. Or give it as a gift for somebody to relive Christmas after the holidays when, when there's a bit of a letdown. You know, it's a, that's a great time for the <laughs> 101 entertaining stories that just make you smile.
1: So true, so true. What I like about the book as well, there are other holiday stories included in the book. Please tell us about them.
2: Oh, yeah. We always get a lot of Thanksgiving stories. And sometimes it's somebody who maybe they won't see their kids over Christmas, so they celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas at the same time in November or sometimes we get these great, you know, turkey disaster stories. Mm-hmm. Or, but you know, there's a, Thanksgiving is a really big holiday, especially in the United States. Like, not quite as big in Canada because it's in October.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But um, we we always have a lot of Thanksgiving stories, and then we also have Hanukkah stories, and we have a bunch of New Year stories also. So we really take you through the whole holiday season with this book, even though the title is it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs>
1: Beautiful. Do you think the holiday season brings out the best in people?
2: Oh, definitely. I I think people are so much more aware of what they should be grateful for at Christmas time, and they're more inclined to smile at each other and Mm -hmm. excuse each other. And if they're in a crowded store, like they know they're in it together, and they all have the same goal, which is you know to have a happy Christmas. And maybe they're there buying stuff to give to people. But I think. Everybody knows they're in it together at this time of year. We're united by this shared happiness over such a fun holiday. Um, and you don't have to be religious. You can be celebrating Hanukkah versus Christmas. You can be celebrating no holiday, but it's just a fun time of year.
1: Well, that's true. Very, very true. It's the situation sets up the mood, and the mood sets you up.
2: <laughs> Definitely. So that's so
1: true. Yeah, so true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, and Google Play. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their holiday edition, Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. 101 stories about holiday love and wonder. Amy, let's talk about some of the stories in the book. Chapter one, fantastic. It's time to count our blessings. And the first story that kicks off the entire book, I love it. Christmas Oranges by Erin C.
2: Yeah, this is a great reminder to um, get your gratitude on at Christmas time, especially kids, you know, who might Mm -hmm. be a little more focused on material things than adults. So um, Erin tells us that when she was a kid, she and her siblings were always kind of disappointed when they got to the bottom of their Christmas stockings and they found an orange because an orange wasn't special. You know, they had oranges all the time. So when she was 13, Erin finally asked her mother, why are you putting oranges in our stockings? And her mom explained that their grandfather had grown up very poor. His father had had a brain tumor, and so he hadn't been able to work because the brain tumor had left him blind. And the family relied on welfare and donations from the church. There were seven kids in the family. But every Christmas, a local church donated a basket of fruit to the family. That was the only time of year that Aaron's grandfather got to have a delicious orange. And so when he became an adult, even though he could have oranges all year, he shared that story with his children. And so his daughter, Aaron's mother, wanted to remind her kids to always be grateful for something as simple as the availability of an orange whenever you want it.
1: It's a beautiful story. It's that sort of... Uh legacy being passed down don't you think
2: yes and i think that um it's it's a great story i might even want to reuse that story in a book that we're going to make for teens because it's such -hmm. a good message Mm
1: -hmm. yeah do you have a story in there that you really like in chapter one
2: um i really like um story number three which was um it was called when when the Grinch came to visit, and so
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know who the Christmas Grinch is. So this story is by <laughs> a man named Lynn Gilliland, and he had a real Christmas disaster one year when his two daughters and their families were supposed to be joining him and his wife for Christmas in Ohio, and one of his daughters was coming with her family from Wisconsin, and the other was coming from Chicago. Well. They had the tree up, the house was decorated, everything was ready. But four days before Christmas, Lynn's wife, Kathy, came down with a really bad stomach flu, and she just wasn't getting better, so they called their kids and told them not to come. But the daughter from Chicago decided to come anyway, and Mm -hmm. so she stayed away from the house. She went and stayed in a hotel, and Lynn went and visited them there, but they finally came back to the house Christmas Eve, where Lynn's wife, Kathy, was still um, sick, and the f- whole family came down with that stomach flu. The other daughter didn't come, but even though the whole family was sick together and you know just miserable <laughs> together, the other <laughs> daughter ended up being really jealous because this family being sick together had so much laughter and joy anyway. Right. As they sat around the tree and opened presents, and so it was just a nice fam- It was a nice family story, and so I thought it was really nice, and it was. Definitely in that category of it doesn't have to be perfect and you can still enjoy being together.
1: That's awesome. Well, that's family bonding at its best, I guess. (laughs)
2: That's right.
1: (laughs) Well, Chapter 2, Christmas Angels. I love the title itself. And the story that I really like is Unexpected Angel by H.M. Cook.
2: Yeah, so H.M. said that – Her husband worked very hard, um, and she stayed home, and she couldn't go and work because they had two children who were on the autism spectrum. So, you know, money was tight, and she was at Walmart, and she was trying to buy food, but she only had $80 to feed a family of six for a week, and the kids wanted to get a Christmas present for her husband. And there was a cologne set there. It was the kind of cologne her husband liked. Um, But she kept a running total in her head, and when she got to the checkout, she realized they'd have to put the box of cologne back because she couldn't afford it. And the kids were so disappointed, and there was a kind stranger watching, and he saw how disappointed the kids were, so he approached her, and he thrust four $20 bills into her hand and said, Merry Christmas. And then he left so fast, she didn't even have a chance to say thank you. So now she had walked into that store with $80. Now she had another $80 she was able to buy that gift for her kids, plus a lot of other great stuff for Christmas. And so it was such a blessing for her. And we do get stories a lot from people who talk about going into a Walmart or Target or other stores and just handing somebody a gift card, seeing a mom who seems to be economizing and just saying, here, and handing her a $50 gift card or whatever it is. And then, of course, she's very grateful, but I'm, sure that the donor is even happier than the recipient when one of those things happens. So it's a good idea, you know, go walk mm-hmm. into the store, buy the gift card, look around for somebody who you think could use it. I mean, I wish I had done that the other day. I was in a Walmart and I heard a mom saying to her kid, um, we're just buying food today. Like, that's not mm-hmm. in my budget, Put that back. Mm-hmm. And if I had had a gift card on me, I could have just handed it to her. Mm-hmm.
1: hmm It's a beautiful story, though. What I like about it is that, again, it gets into that sort of random act of kindness. And you do it because, and this is a funny thing people need to understand, you are doing it for yourself and you get that overwhelming, wonderful vibration whenever you do that. And then, of course, not to mention you're helping someone way beyond their expectation.
2: Yeah, and even if you're not, you know, overflowing with money, Mm -hmm. the best way to feel like you have enough is to give some away, and people tell us all the time that that it makes them feel so good. In fact, Mm -hmm. um, in Chapter 2, we have a story called The Best Christmas Ever by Diana Trager, Mm -hmm. and her kids were the ones who taught her this lesson about, you know, the joy of having less, but sharing Mm -hmm. anyway. So in her family, every year the day after Christmas, they would put a glass jar out. And then during the year, everybody would drop in their loose pocket change, or if the parents were feeling really flush, they might even put in a 10 or a 20. And sometimes the kids would put their allowance in there. But everybody just put in the glass jar, whatever they wanted. And then on Thanksgiving weekend, their tradition was they would open the jar, count the money in it, and they would use that money to make Christmas wonderful for a needy family. But this year, they were the family that was a bit needy. They had enough money to, you know, pay their bills, buy food, all of that, but they didn't have any extra money for presents mm-hmm. because they lived in an oil field area and they were very dependent on oil prices and it hadn't right. been a good year for the industry. So they sat the kids down after Thanksgiving and they told them, that this year they were going to have to use the money in the jar to buy gifts for themselves. They weren't going to be able to help another family. And the kids were really disappointed, and the kids kind of filed out of the room quietly. And then they came back in, and they announced that they didn't want Christmas that year for themselves. They wanted all of the money to still go to buy gifts Mm -hmm. for another family. So I thought, what a wonderful lesson. You know, that was really, really so touching and exactly what you want to
1: see your kids do. Right. But that kind of attitude and mindfulness, though, being a grandmother now, Amy, you realize that that starts from at a very young age. It's not something that you you can sort of like, you know, wave the magic wand as an adult. I'm not saying the adults don't make their decisions uh, instantaneously, but for kids, it's agree, good to start them. You- mm-hmm.
2: You're the role model for your kids, and it's really important from an early age to instill your values in them by making sure that you actually act the way you want your kids to act. I remember (laughs) when my kids were little, my kids were always small for their ages, and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd be, like, on the train to New York City, and the conductor would say, oh, this one is free because, you know, he's under six or whatever the age (laughs) limit was. I'd be like, oh, no, 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 he's seven. I have to buy him a ticket. You know, and it would cost me a few dollars, but I was being a role model for my child. You know, it's really important.
1: Hmm. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Chapter three, Feeling That Christmas Spirit, Our Christmas Do-Over by Shai Khan.
2: Yeah, so this is another example of, you know, parents instilling values in their children and their children really getting into it (laughs) and (laughs) demonstrating those values. So... Um, Skye Khan says that she had gone into the Christmas season, like, overly exuberant, and she had bought so many gifts for her children that she actually ended up putting some aside for future birthday gifts. Mm-hmm. And so, and she said her kids were in this, like, frenzied state and wrote big wish lists, which is fine to write a wish list. You just shouldn't expect <laughs> you to get everything on it. So they had this big Christmas And everybody got all this stuff, and then she said that their children didn't really seem to be happy. What they really enjoyed was the handmade gifts that they had made Mm -hmm. for each other and for their parents. So a few days later, they were working on their New Year's resolutions, and Skye had an idea because she had read about another family that had a tradition of giving four gifts to their children at Christmas each year. And so the four gifts went into categories. One was called a want, so that's something, you know, that you just want. Another mm-hmm. was a need. So that's where you can put in, you know, the the warm coat or the new boots or whatever. Another category was something to wear. So that maybe would be the category where you'd give your daughter like that expensive thing that she wanted to wear that you weren't going to get her. So that went into that category. And then finally something to read, a book, because we need to instill that love of reading in our kids who are looking at screens all the time. And she thought, that sounds so much better than the Christmas that we just had. So she Mm -hmm. talked to her kids, and they decided that in the future they would do three gifts, a gift to learn from, a gift that went along with one of their passions, and then some kind of heirloom gift, like a family heirloom. Mm -hmm. But then the kids were so excited about it that they didn't even want to wait until the next (laughs) Christmas. So they actually returned a lot of the gifts that guy had bought for them. They took them back to the store, gave them back. And then they did a new Christmas on January 25th. It was a Christmas redo. <laughs> and they did that new Christmas with their three meaningful gifts, and they had such a great time.
1: It's a beautiful story. It reminded me of, of course, this is a joke kind of thing that I do. I had years ago bought a sweater that says, Dear Santa, I want it all. And every Christmas, I still put that on.
2: <laughs> but I know you, and you don't really mean it.
1: <laughs> hey, you never know. I should wear the one. Just enter. I deserve it all. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. that would be, It would be really popular. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chapter four, family fun. And this is really cool. It's something that I would do. A Traditional Norwegian Christmas by Mark Lillian Young.
2: So Mark's stepfather uh, was of Norwegian background. So when he got together with Mark's mother, he told Mark's mother that he really wanted a traditional Norwegian Christmas Eve. And so every Christmas Eve, she would make him a traditional Norwegian you know, meal. Mm-hmm. And so so Mark grew up, you know, knowing about what what Norwegians ate on Christmas Eve. So then he finally went backpacking in Europe when he was in college and he went to Norway where his stepdad um had grown up and he met his relatives and they talked about um, you know, his 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 stepfather and
0: mm-hmm.
2: anyway then one day, um one of his cousins served him a plate of crumb cakes that were, you know, what he knew was a part of the traditional Norwegian Christmas Eve. So
0: he Mm -hmm. said, oh, these
2: are good. We always have these on Christmas Eve. And then his dad's cousin said, what are you talking about? And Mark explained the dishes that they had on Christmas Eve every year, the traditional Norwegian Christmas Eve. And the cousin started to laugh. And then she (laughs) said, That's not a traditional Norwegian Christmas dinner. Those are just your dad's favorite foods. So all those years, Mark's dad had been, you know, pulling one over on Mark's mother. And there was nothing traditional about those foods at all. He just liked them.
1: See, that's something that I would do, you see. It's a guy thing. (laughs) Chapter 5, Best Gift Ever, Santa's magic by Wendy Kepley.
2: So um, Wendy says that um, she was a kid, and they went to the evening pageant at church, and she was in the pageant, and she sang, and it was all very exciting. And then they went home, and she had a secret that year, and she had only told this secret to Santa and no one else, and it was about the gift that she wanted the most And so she wanted to see if Santa would really come through with this gift because she hadn't told anyone else about it. She was nine years old. And, you know, she didn't know if she was too old for Santa to come through with a (laughs) gift for her. And they walked into the house um, after church. I guess it was Christmas Eve. And there was the gift that she had asked for. And she still doesn't know how it got into their house while they were at church. But there in front of her was a full-sized rowboat right in the middle of their living room. And she was so excited because she was dying to have a rowboat. So anyway, she got her rowboat, and she spent many years happily rowing that boat around a little lake that was near them. <laughs> so that was a cute story. That was in um, a chapter where we uh, talked a lot about family things and mm-hmm. also been the best gift that you ever received. So um, that was her story.
1: See, the question here is that, Amy, how come you and I never run into that kind of Santa, you know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I remember growing up, there were some pretty cool things that Santa left. I, uh-huh. I remember that. Uh, yeah, Santa somehow was very smart and always knew what we wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. I see. I must have not met the right Santa, so I'm still looking. And that's why I'm still <laughs> wearing the the sweater. This end, I want it all.
2: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Chapter 6, Getting Creative, The Smudge Board by Gina McCown.
2: So Gina grew up in a family that didn't really have that many holiday traditions because they always went to her grandmother's. And her husband also grew up in a family where there weren't really any traditions he felt strongly about. And they decided that... They wanted to have one strong family tradition. And most of the holidays were spoken for, like Thanksgiving was held at one family member's house, and then Christmas Eve and Christmas were held somewhere else. But the winter holiday that was open, you know, and not claimed by other family Mm -hmm. members, was New Year's Eve. So they decided that's going to be our family tradition, New Year's Eve. And they came up with a really good idea. They ate, you know, healthy choices all year they decided that on New Year's Eve all rules would go out the window and they would eat junk food and desserts and soda and whatever they wanted. And they've been doing this for 17 years now. (laughs) So they've been documenting their annual buffet on Facebook. And over time, when they realized how much their friends and family members loved this tradition, they started inviting their friends and family members and neighbors to join them. So now it's become even bigger and everybody brings their junk food along And so what we were trying to do in that chapter about getting creative is give you ideas that you could use, you know, in your own life,
0: Mm -hmm. ways Mm -hmm. to make
2: the holidays even more special. So I thought that was a very cool idea to pass on to our readers.
1: It's pretty cool. It reminded me of when I was in college and I would go up to Papa Bluff, Missouri to visit my Italian foster mom and one of the greatest Tradition in the sense that we have as a family was on, new, on Christmas Eve, we all have to sit down and make homemade muffaladas for Christmas.
2: What is that? So that was really cool. What is a What did you call it, a muffalada?
1: Yeah, it's a Italian bread.
2: Ah, okay.
1: Yeah, so it's, I mean, you know, it's homemade, so it's really, really cool. So we have to make that.
2: Yeah, that's that's a really fun activity. Well, the next story that I want to talk about is
1: mm-hmm.
2: about baking. Also, it's in our chapter called Through the Eyes of a Child. So this ties in perfectly. It's called Grandma's Special Cranberry Bread. Mm-hmm. And it's by Barry Marks. And he always got his own loaf of his grandmother's special cranberry bread every Christmas. He was the only family member who got his own because he loved it so much. And he talks about how delicious it was. It was golden, and (laughs) it was filled with cranberries, and the outside was kind of sticky. It was just so good. And every year his grandmother would give him, you know, a loaf that she had baked for him and then wrapped up for him. And then she got older, and one year he got to her house, and she had forgotten. And then all of a sudden she realized she had forgotten when she saw him, so she took him into the kitchen, and she was like, okay, I'm going to make you your cranberry bread right now. And that's when he saw that his cranberry bread came from a box. And it wasn't even like the boxed bread where you, you know, mix mm-hmm. in like an egg and some vanilla and some, you know, some <laughs> other ingredients and you feel like you're doing something because you're adding five <laughs> things to it and, you know, there's a whole procedure. No. This boxed mix was one where you just added water. You put water in, you stirred it up, and you stuck it in the pan. And he was so disillusioned. But she made it for him, and it was still just as good as it ever was. But it was a real eye-opener for him.
1: Uh, it's the spirit that counts, and is the intention and the love that went into it, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. And he said his mother started making it for him after his grandmother passed away, and he said it uh-huh. wasn't as good as when his grandmother made it.
1: There you go. <laughs> You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, and Google Play. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their holiday edition, Chicken Soup for the Soul, is beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. 101 stories about holiday love and wonder. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Amy, Chapter 8. Love this chapter, The Joy of Giving, Saving Christmas by Emily Rodovich.
2: Yeah, because this is like our favorite thing, right, is giving. <laughs> and so right. um, in Emily's case, she grew up in um, a family that she says was poorer than dirt. Um, and so she says this story happened a long time ago. It was back in 1947. Um, her dad when he did work, worked in a coal mine, but he was out of work right then, and there was just no money at all for Christmas. And so um, her parents told her and her siblings that there was going to be no Christmas, no, no tree, no presents, because they could barely afford food. So Emily and her siblings got together, and they decided they were going to get Christmas gifts for their parents and make them feel better and so they all did odd jobs for the next few weeks. They went and did work for the neighbors and they you know went and worked at a store and they saved up their pennies and They ended up amassing uh, a treasure chest of four dollars so at that time, four dollars seemed like a lot It was nineteen forty seven mm-hmm. you know that might be like forty dollars today right and so they went out with their money and it seemed like the community kind of gathered together because. They got a lot more with their four dollars than they should have been able to get because the storekeepers were nice and gave them discounts, and so they bought their parents really terrible gifts. <laughs> of course, they didn't know it. They they bought their mom this ceramic pink flamingo, and they bought their dad a pair of slippers that would have been nice if they hadn't been two sizes too big for him. <laughs> but anyway, they tried so hard and years later, you know, their parents told them that those presents were awful, but they were still their favorite presents ever in their whole lives.
1: What I love about the story is that it's a gift from the heart and it's not sort of like something you just think real quick, but there's planning involved. There's sort of uh, the energy grows every day so to speak and you, I can just imagine the, the joy, the the eyes lighting up upon getting the gifts and on both sides of the kids as well as the parents and the heart making that tremendous amount of connection because that's what the holiday spirit is all about.
2: Yeah, and it is true that kids were on this secret mission, and so being mm-hmm. on a secret mission made it even more fun and meaningful <laughs> for them.
1: Chapter 9, Perfect Imperfect, The Gift of Love, by Janelle Michael.
2: So Janelle had a secret mission. She decided that she would do something in the homemade category when her children were 19 and 17, because she was really feeling overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, they were growing up and moving out. So she wanted to do something one Christmas that would show them how much she loved them. And... Uh, she said, being a good kindergarten teacher, I chose to use the five senses. And so she, was, she decided she'd give them a separate gift for each sense. So for the sense of sight, on Christmas morning, she gave each of her kids a framed photo of the three of them together. And then for the, gift, for the sense of taste, she gave them a recipe book uh, containing some of the favorite dishes that she had made for them over mm-hmm. the years. For the sense of smell, she got each of them a small bottle of her f- favorite perfume so that when they moved out, if they were missing her, they could open the bottle and smell her perfume. For the sense of touch, she took fleece blankets, and she made a cut out of her hand and then hand-applicated onto these fleece blankets so that like she would have you know, their hand.
0: Mm-hmm. She put a
2: little red heart. For the sense of hearing, she gave them a CD, with a song called find your wings because she was trying to convey to them, like you have your roots at home, but I'm okay with you finding your wings, you know, and leaving me. Mm -hmm. And so on Christmas morning, she was so excited to give them these gifts and, you know, they were a little confused, but as they opened the last of the five gifts, which was the blankets with the heart on her hand, you know, applicate onto them, she saw that her kids were starting to cry And she thought, wow, this is so heartwarming. The kids really understand these gifts. (laughs) And then her daughter turned to her crying and said, Mom, are you dying? And so I thought that was really funny. (laughs) It completely backfired on her. (laughs) But it was definitely a memorable Christmas.
1: There you go. Uh, the, The story is so terrific because that's something that Mom does, though, you know, to give a beautiful piece that would last forever. But then the, then again, it does uh, sort of telegraph the wrong message in a way. <laughs>
2: I'm sure she kept saying to them, you know, when you're not with me, you can smell this <laughs> perfume. You can look at the photo. You can listen to this right. music. and She got them really concerned.
1: <laughs> it's a beautiful story. Chapter 10, homemade holidays. This is really cool as well. Pop's. Pops Workshop by Judy Harch.
2: Yeah, this is a cool idea and something that grandparents could do, or parents, or aunts and uncles, whatever. But Judy Harch and her husband Chris, they loved homemade Christmases, and they actually had a workshop in their basement. And so they decided that it would be fun to teach their grandchildren how to make things in their Mm -hmm. basement workshop. So first they had um, two little grandsons, And Judy made them these little tiny carpenter aprons. And then they started out making simple things like wooden trivets or wood trays. But then over the years, they learned how to make things using, like, the heavy machinery, like the scroll saw. And then when they got a granddaughter and she didn't care as much about the workshop, Judy ran a workshop up on the kitchen table making glass ornaments and other kinds Mm -hmm. of arts and crafts. So that all started 20 years ago. And even though the grandchildren are all in their 20s now, they come back and they visit their grandparents' workshop every Christmas, and they are just as excited about making things with their grandparents today as they were when they were little kids.
1: It's a wonderful story. It reminded me of my host family when I first came to the United States, Mr. Nick Carter. He has a nice workshop as well away from the main house, and he has grandchildren. And we would have a wonderful time throughout the year. He had planned it way ahead of time. And we would make wooden uh, wagons, small wooden wagons and stuff like that. He has a lathe work and all those machineries you talk about. And it was kind of fun because it gives him something special to give to the kids that they could not get from the store, so to speak.
2: Yeah, and I I think kids love that sense of tradition, whether it's making a a gingerbread house every year on Mm -hmm. grandma's kitchen table or working in the workshop with their uncle who has power tools or whatever it is, putting out the Christmas lights with their grandfather, and they do it every year. Whatever it is, they love tradition, and you serve them like the same mulled apple cider every year or the same cookies. You know, and they better be the same. If you Mm -hmm. change them, going to be like, what happened to the sugar cookies? You know, but kids (laughs) do love making traditions with their family members.
1: That's true, so true. Chapter eleven, the final chapter. It takes a village. I love this story, "The Broken Wing Party" by Phyllis McKinley.
2: So this was really a great idea. So Phyllis McKinley. One year as December rolled around knew that it was going to be a tough year. And anybody who's listening who's had a tough year, um, you know I understand that last Christmas I was just out of my surgery. So I understood you know what it was like to be going through a tough time during the Christmas season. So in Phyllis's case, um, her brother-in-law had just been told that he had cancer, so he and Phyllis's sister didn't want to even go anywhere for Christmas. Another friend of Phyllis's didn't want to do anything for Christmas because her son had recently attempted suicide. Luckily, he had failed at it, um, and that family just didn't really want to see anyone. And every place that Phyllis looked, she saw friends and family members who were who were dealing with something traumatic and tragic. And Phyllis saw saw them all as birds with broken wings. She you know she viewed them all as her people with broken wings, and She herself understood it because her father had died on Christmas Eve a few years before that, so it was always a sad time for her on Christmas Eve. So she decided that she would gather together all of her friends and family members who had broken wings, and they would do a really casual Christmas Eve. You know, she said to people, just stop by for ten minutes. You don't have to stay. I know you're feeling terrible, but just stop by. We'll comfort each other. And then she also invited people who she felt were going to be sad for other reasons, like her daughter's college friends who were from overseas and they weren't going to be able to go home at Christmas. And she had a good sense of humor about it. She got this really Mm -hmm. crooked little, you know, misfit Christmas tree that nobody would want, and she called it her broken wing Christmas tree. And so that was the (laughs) Christmas tree that she put up and decorated. And everyone laughed when they came in the door and saw that the Christmas tree you know, was just as bedraggled and sad as they felt.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, it turned out that all these people who were just going to stop by for a few minutes ended up staying for the whole evening, and they had a really wonderful time on Christmas Eve. And I loved what Phyllis said at the end of the story. She said, sometimes when we are unable to fly, it helps to just perch together, leaning our broken wings against the warmth of another person. And I can just envision like all those birds with broken wings perched together on a wire and Mm -hmm. leaning against each other and comforting each other. And I thought this is a great story to put, you know, as one of the last ones in the book to show people that no matter what, you can turn it into a warm and happy holiday.
1: I totally agree. In reading the story, I mean, we all have gone through the ups and downs in life. And there may be time that we may not necessarily have that energy to do things on our own. But the good news is there's always someone out there that's organizing something in sort of this kind of situation where it's non-judgmental. Just go out there and get connected and feel the energy of togetherness.
2: Yeah. And I think it helps you to remember to count your blessings because no matter what Mm -hmm. you're going through, you can always point to all the good things. If you're going through some kind of scary illness, then you can remember, oh, I am grateful because I have health insurance or I'm grateful because I have family members who are supporting me or I'm grateful that it was caught early enough or let's say you're having financial problems and you can be grateful Mm -hmm. for your health or the health of your children or the fact that your daughter just got engaged. Whatever it is, there's always so many other blessings that you can – balance against whatever is bothering you at that time.
1: Right. So true. And the event like this really gets you to be in the situation where you are living in the present moment, because whenever we are in the situation of a broken wing, so to speak, we're always thinking about the past or perhaps uh, dreaming about the future. That is a what if in a way, but the present moment is so important because This is where we build and plan for the future.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the time of year to be very reflective and Mm -hmm. to really review the past year, the goods and bads. Almost anybody will be able to say that the good outweighed the bad. And it really focuses you on everything that is good in your life um, and I think it's super important. I mean, I think you can't really be happy unless you do count your blessings and and experience gratitude for what you have in your life. And the other thing I always feel is that you need to use the power of forgiveness as well. And at this time mm-hmm. of year, really important to just say to yourself, you know what, that thing that my sister did, yeah, 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 she did it. It happened. It was bad. But I'm not going to let it keep controlling my life. I'm going to move past it. Because if I keep thinking about it, if I don't use forgiveness to stop, you know, feeling resentment over it, it's just going to overwhelm everything else that's good in my life. So we really try to focus a lot at this time of the year on gratitude and also on forgiveness.
1: So true. And if all of that fails, trust me, just wear, like me, just wear the Santa uh, sweater that says, "Just Santa, I want it all this year.
2: (laughs) Yes, and I'm already forgiving you for that selfish weather.
1: <laughs> Are there other chicken soup products that will make wonderful gifts for the holiday season?
2: So we're in a really interesting position right now in our book business mm-hmm. because um, in the last few weeks when we looked at the – book scan, bestseller list. This is the Mm -hmm. bestseller list that's put together by Nielsen. We've had six books in the top 15. Um, So we're really excited about that. It seems like people are really excited about the titles that we're offering them for the Christmas Mm -hmm. season. So one of them is called Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Forgiveness Fix. And I think it's really important if you Have any kind of resentments you're holding on to because forgiveness lets you take back the power. If you are still, you know, obsessing over something that somebody did to you, well, you've just handed that person your power. You've got to get over it and say, okay, it happened. It was terrible. You don't even have to ever talk to that person again, but you just have to stop obsessing over it. So our Mm -hmm. book, The Forgiveness Fix, has a lot of tips for how you can do that. And then we have another book that's super popular right now. Um, It's a book I made with Deborah Norville, who's done a lot Mm -hmm. of work on positive thinking and gratitude. And it's called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Think Positive, Live Happy. Um, So I could see a nice trio of books would be our Christmas book, our forgiveness book, and our Think Positive, Live Happy book, which amazingly you can get at a place like Walmart. You can get all three of them for $30, which is just fabulous. Wow yeah um another chicken soup product that I think is really fun is our dog treats. So we have mm-hmm. these you know zip the little zipper pouches you know with
0: mm-hmm.
2: really mm-hmm. healthy dog treats, um, because we have super high quality cat food and dog food that we make. And then another gift I think, and this is very cool because it's free, is our our new streaming services. Popcorn Flicks, Crackle, mm-hmm. here's the gift you can give to somebody. You can say to them, did you know that you can watch TV shows and major motion pictures for free? You don't have to only do those paid services like Hulu or Netflix or Amazon Prime. You can also just get these apps on your on your." You know, your TV, if you have a smart TV, on your computer, on your iPad, on your phone. And with these apps, Crackle and Popcorn Flicks, and some of our other apps, you can watch TV shows for free. So that's called free streaming. So
0: mm-hmm. that's
2: a great gift to to give somebody Just show them how they can get that on their TVs because it's a wonderful discovery. We've been showing a lot of people the Crackle app on their TVs, and they're amazed at all the stuff they can watch for free.
1: That's amazing. That's truly wonderful. Can you give us a preview of what we can expect from Chicken Soup in 2020?
2: Oh, yeah. We have a great lineup. We're making uh, 12 books in 2020. We made 10 books in 2019. And so the first book is coming out in February, And I know you and I are going to have a lot of fun talking about it. It's called (laughs) Chicken Soup for the Soul, Believe in Miracles, where we're basically saying to people, like, you have permission. You can believe that miracles (laughs) will happen. Um, And then we have um, our Mother's Day book coming out. It's called The Magic of Moms, and that's the one that's going to support four different nonprofits. And then we have a really fun book coming out in April. Chicken Soup for the Soul, Laughter is the Best Medicine. And wait till you see that cover. You are going to laugh out loud <laughs> when you see the cover. It's got this big picture of, I actually don't know if it's a llama or an alpaca. I have to find out what the difference is between them. But it's really funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we're putting out a book in May called Chicken Soup for the Soul, BU, And it's um, basically a book that helps women of all ages, including millennial women, to become their best selves and be confident and um, not try to change and be somebody who they're not. Mm -hmm. So That's the beginning of 2020 and it just goes on all year with some really great titles.
1: Fantastic. As we close this show, what recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning?
2: Well, I guess that I have some tips for how you could feel that holiday spirit. And I think if you could feel that holiday spirit, it just means that you're also um, becoming a happier person. And so the first thing is what we've (laughs) talked about for the past hour, which is you've got to learn how to count your blessings. Mm -hmm. You know, like when that girl Erin found out why there was an orange at the toe of her Christmas stocking every year, that really helped her to count her blessings. And then, I think that another tip or another um, ingredient in our recipe for living would be to remember that there's nothing like the excitement of giving gifts, so really focus on that. Like Diana Traeger's children who, you know, decided that they would use that jar of money that they've been filling all year Mm -hmm. to still buy gifts for a needy family instead of buying gifts for themselves, and then – Another um, way to feel the holiday spirit, another ingredient for that happy life, is to f- feel good about inventing your own traditions with family or with friends, like like Gina McCown did with her family's uh, sinful eating on New Year's mm-hmm. Eve. Um, another tip that I always share with people is, there's no such thing as tacky when it comes to holiday decor. I don't know about you, but when it comes to holiday decorating, I just turn my tacky meter right off. And I have the tackiest stuff out in my house right now, but I don't know. It's red and it's green and it's cute, and I would <laughs> never put up stuff like this any other time of year. But all bets are off in December. And then finally I think a great way to live life um, during the holidays is to recognize that everyone is family, because family is however you define it. And that actually works all year long, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. you certainly know that with your dozen adopted <laughs> mothers or, you know, all those honorary mothers that you have in the United States
0: <laughs> after
2: you moved here for college. Um, yeah. So I like, you know, like Phyllis McKinley having that broken wing Christmas party, everybody became family when they came to that Christmas Eve party that she held. So those are my recipes for a happy life and all very pertinent to the holidays.
1: Amy, those are perfect to close up the year for chicken soup on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on the air on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks. Tuesday morning, November 17, my guests will be. Reverend Patricia Caganello, the founder of Sacred Stories Publishing, and the award-winning author Kathleen O'Kee Cannavos. They are co-authors of the recently released Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change. The book is a collection of incredibly inspiring stories from people around the world who share how they emerged from their chaos and found clarity. Reverend Patricia Kathleen and I will be having a conversation about their remarkable life's journey and powerful stories of people who use their greatest challenges in life to make them stronger. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. As always, Amy, it has been a true pleasure, a very happy holiday season, and Merry Christmas to you and everyone at Chicken Soup.
2: Oh, well, thanks. And I was excited to hear that you're going to be talking to Kathleen in a couple of weeks because she's actually one of our writers also, and she shared a really great story with us in one of our books about dreams. So that should be a great interview right before Christmas. It
1: is. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. So thanks for having me on
2: today, and happy holidays to you.
1: You too. Thank you again, and have a blessed day. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you. Bye.